How would you like to ramp up your club's game day atmosphere? Big Screen Video is giving 10 lucky sports clubs the chance to win a $10,000 grant towards their own digital scoreboard. Register now at iCanWin.com.au slash BSV. Let's switch coats. Let's go to the round ball. Soccer, football, whatever you want to call it. Premier League action over the weekend. It was absolutely enormous. Huge games coming to us on the SEN Premier League show. And uh, joining us, as usual, on the overnight crowd to chat all things the world game, it is Dan Promi in Oz. Very good evening to you, my friend. Uh, how was uh, how was the weekend? We know the Rangers didn't get it done, but uh, you're United, boys. Jeez. Yeah, it was. <laughs> It, it, it was me great, was it? Uh, United versus Newcastle. Let's be honest. It, I mean, the game in the second half, the last 20 minutes, it was more one-sided than a bar full of ponds against the Yorkshire pudding, wasn't it? But they couldn't get the job done. <laughs> it was not great, was it? How was? I, I want to get your thoughts on. Uh, I wanted to get your thoughts about the. Uh, actually, no, we'll get into it later. But what is actually what is going on with Manchester United? Because they, they seem to be going half okay in the Premier League and. You're getting results and, you know, sort of venturing back up to, you know, the top four. But it just doesn't seem to be, I don't know whether it's a connectedness, whether it's the players at Ten Hag, not the ones he's brought in, but the players who were there when he came in under previous regimes are not really the cattle that he needs. What's going on with the Red Devils, mate? Well, I think the big thing is when you watch United, they're struggling to break sides down. Like, they have... Had 63% possession of that game, but did next to nothing with it. And especially when you watch the last 10 minutes, there were camps inside Newcastle's half. People seem scared to get a direct ball in. It seems to be the same. They get too narrow. I've never seen Jadon Sancho and Anthony drop so narrow as well. There's no natural width in that side. And it becomes so one-dimensional. And one guy that I want to pick on is Bruno Fernandes. Um, a guy that's probably, I think, benefited a little bit from being playing in a side that has no tactical prowess. And now there is a little bit of tactics. He is, you're looking at him in that role where he's playing just off the front man to be creating and bring something around. But he's gone this season at about 20% accuracy in the crossing department. Last night, he looked like he couldn't be bothered to get a ball in. He's trying to dink it to his mate, Ronaldo. And I hate to say it, but I was speaking to a few United fans last night, and they were saying that, you know, Pogba would love this side, would love to play that role in Ten Hag's side. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because it would seem so, based on what we've seen in the first sort of 10, 11 games under Ten Hag, it would seem, and we were sort of discussing this a couple of weeks ago, that, that there is a clear... There's a clear front half press that gets engaged, but and then we look at why he wasn't playing CR7 was because, you know, I mean, I don't think he's never really been the player to to lead the line for a press, but he's played him in the last two games, and I think what was a real head scratcher for me was that you guys United needed a goal and and he's dragged him, and Rashford had that guilted chance at the end which he completely fluffed and. You know, I think if, if CR7 had have been in that particular situation where United was pretty much dominating, not possession, but front half possession in the last 10 to 15 minutes, it would have been perfect for him. Oh, I think Ten Hag would have seen that ball come in, Rashford rise and think if that was CR7, that was, that's 1-0, you've got out of jail. 
Um, I, I think when United look at it, I think you see what Rashford does. Rashford got into that position almost instantaneously. You saw he took the ball from deep and uh, got right up in front of the goalkeeper very quickly. Ronaldo doesn't seem to do that anymore. He's more of a lurker and a poacher now in his older days. But I, I do think United will look and think, you know, the best finisher probably at that club who suits Ten Hag's position, unfortunately, because of his off-field indiscretions, Mason Greenwood, I think that's a huge hole United will be looking at. And obviously, Mason can't play. He shouldn't even be on the books at United. Mm. But I, I'm pretty sure if Ten Hag had Mason Greenwood at his disposal, he would love to play him centrally because he's a much superior finisher, in my opinion, to Rashford. And unfortunately, it's the nature of the beast. I think United are somewhere between Rashford and CR7 at the minute. That's what they need in. Yeah, it's interesting. Okay, so what they need in, we have obviously the winter transfer period will will come up in, in a couple of months. Having looked at the profile of United squad, Pommy, what, what do you think needs to be done in the upcoming transfer window after the World Cup? Oh, well, I think it's tough when you go in and you buy players, obviously, at, in January. It's always hard. The odds can be playing over. Mm. But, I mean, I think United will probably be, will definitely be in the shopping list of proper number nine. Uh, a number nine that can suit that way. We know he loves Sebastian um, Haller, who's now at uh, Dortmund, yes. who replaced uh, Haaland. Um, so probably he'll be looking at the World Cup and at United will probably be, you always get one maybe African player or one of the lesser European nations who has a really good World Cup. I can guarantee you if a striker scores three goals at the World Cup, United will be linked to him. <laughs> it would seem that way as well. And obviously spending with, with Anthony and a handful of others in defence as well. That it seems to have look, there seems to be have there, there seems to be some sort of progress at United, but I mean fr- from your end and what you gauge in the fan base and, and even at the club, that is has it been has it been adequate to date so far or or, or, or is it is it not a pass mark at the moment? I think since the Brentford game, we've seen that we've stabilised, particularly down the back, where we're looking a little bit more less vulnerable for for the want of a poor English phrase. I think the one thing that strikes me with United at the moment is they, they become a bit devoid of answers in the final third. It's mm. almost like you're screaming at the telly, have a pop, have a <laughs> shot, get the ball into the mixer. And United are looking for that perfect goal at the moment. It feels like they're trying to play perfect football. And partly that's because of Ronaldo's movement. I think with Rashford, I think that's why Martial was going so well. I think because he's so active and so lively in the forwards, it gives them something to work with. Um, It's a work in progress. I mean, personally for me, I think Bruno is the biggest issue there. I'd love to see Ericsson get that that, that role, that playmaker role in front of the striker, just behind the striker. I think Ericsson's got much better depth of passing. Um, I think, for me, Bruno's getting found out. I think people remember he was good in 2020, but since then, he's he's not been sensational. Yeah, and he looks he looks to be cutting a pretty frustrated figure as well. Uh, speaking of frustrated figures, Pommy, uh, okay, so what, what happens now with... We'll get back on to CR7. So what, what happens now with him? They obviously tried to move him on in the transfer period. He was not exactly happy with being subbed off again 
uh, against Newcastle United? And is it just simply a case of, do they try to offload him as early as possible? Because it would seem, you know, obviously just given his age as well, that I don't think he's going to be part of, I don't think he's going to be part of, of the, uh, of not just the medium term plans, but probably even the short term plans. It looks like Ten Hag, I know he started him his last two games, but it looks like, uh, it looks like he's definitely on the outer. Oh, I think he is. Um, I mean, I think if, I mean, the rumours are circulating in the UK that Ten Haggers wants Tammy Abraham. If United can offload him in part that deal in January, I think that's a huge, huge win. Um, whether Roma would be interested in something like that, but I think that United are going to have to move him on because I think it's sad to see. I think he deserves better than that. He's a legend of the game. Um, it's obvious he's not first choice. It's obvious he's not the preference of Ten Hag. And I think he's kind of stuck there at the moment because no one wants to take on his deal. But also United need the depth. They need the backup because there is no one physically to play other than Martial. Mm. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Martial Martial was the one who looked like he was going to start to really hit some form. And then (laughs) he's been injured again. And that's just been the tale of his story for... You know, for the last sort of season and a half, he just hasn't been able to get his body right. But, uh, Pommy, stick around. We'll take a quick break and then we'll get to, well, I, I want to get your thoughts on, uh, you know, you know, I'm a very happy man at the moment. You know, I'm a very, very happy man. And I want to get your thoughts on Arsenal uh, after yeah, the break. <laughs> I want to get your thoughts on Arsenal after the break and then we'll delve into this massive game. Let's do it. Which, which happened at Anfield against Manchester City and Liverpool. You're listening to the Overnight Crowd. Pommy and Oz will join us after the break. We'll be back right after this. Yes, indeed. It is the Overnight Crowd here on SEN, your home of sport, creeping closer to midnight. Paul Sebastiani in the studio with you, bringing you up to 3 a.m. Tuesday morning across the eastern coast of Australia. If you're just tuning in, we're on the line with Mr. Dad Williams, Pommy in Oz. Check out all his social feeds, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Check out all his handiwork on the AFL trade period, the AFL draft period, and for the English Premier League as well. We're chatting round ball with him. Premier League, there were some huge games over the weekend. We got through the Manchester United, Newcastle United game. And now let's get into uh, let's get into Mikel Arteta's men. Pommy, my gooners, they're, uh, they're flying at the moment. Four points clear atop of the league. Uh, you did say Arteta was the man. You did say it. Mate, I mean, his press conference at the start of the week, I think, re-emphasised that you've got to take Arsenal serious now. He, he said that it's all about fighting and they're not always going to have it and they're going to be tested by some sides physically, which has always been Arsenal's question mark since Arteta's got there. And Leeds were like rampant rabbits in the second half and that was just sheer will, sheer will and determination. Saka took his goal wonderfully. And tell you what, Arsenal, they're going to be tough to beat because Leeds were impressive in that second half. Yeah, they were indeed. I think the beauty about, I think, the result for the Gunners on the weekend as well was the fact that it wasn't a pretty performance. It was brutal in that second half, just how they had to sit back and defend. You obviously need a little bit of lady luck on your side. They got that with, you know, they had the VAR decision for Saliba, the handball. Bamford misses the penalty. Ramsdale probably would have saved it anyway. And then they had the late decision, which was overturned uh, in favour of them. Gabrielle was shown a red card, but it was deemed that uh, he was pushed prior to what seemed to be a kick out on on Patrick Bamford, and it all just seemed to go Arsenal's way. And speaking of Aaron Ramsdale, I know, 
I don't... <laughs> I don't, I don't want to say you often get it right, but you, you often do get it right, Pommy, and not to pump your tyres up or, or blow smoke up your backside. But you did say Aaron Ramsdale was going to be a, a super keeper, and uh, he is, I think, he would almost have to be a shoo-in for, for the start for, for the English eleven going to the World Cup as a keeper. I, I think Nick Pope's, I don't think, is good enough. I think he's way better than Pickford, and he got man of the match honours against Leeds United. I thought he was fantastic, and he, and he literally put his proverbials on the line. Oh, he'd be a shoo-in, surely, if you were picking that team based on form and endeavour. I mean, he's impressed me for a long time. He was at Sheffield United, um, even going back to his Bournemouth days as well. I always thought he'd had something when he signed for them, um, when they were first in the Premier League, back about five years ago now. Um, I'm surprised no top club has ever come in from him before. And I think the way he commands his area... You see as well, he's so invested in the game. He, he reminds me of a young Peter Schmeichel. It, it, it's like he, he celebrates every save, every clearance from his defenders. And that's the biggest part of football, I think, for a keeper, commanding your area. He commands that back four, back five, back three, whatever Atata plays. He is in charge of that, and they listen to him. And I think, I think the big thing that I have really taken away from Aaron Ramsdale in goals for Arsenal is... He gets involved with the opposition crowd on a, on away games. And, you know, you talk about players being mentally strong, handling the banter, handling maybe a little bit of hate they might get their way through social media or or at the ground itself. And I, don't, I know, I'm, I'm sure you saw the vision, but I'd implore anyone if they can actually see it, if you've got Facebook or Twitter, just to have a look at the, the vision of Aaron Ramsdale having a little bit of a dig back at the lead supporters at the away at the at the home at at Allen Road. It, it was it was it was a sight to behold. It was great. It's what you want to see. Goalkeepers cop a lot, lot of stick, especially when they're in front of the home end, uh, when they're away from, especially at Leeds. That would have been like hell on earth for a goalkeeper. But he, he's got something about him. I think if anyone ever watches the Arsenal documentary, All or Nothing as well, there's some real good insights into how much time he spends with the coaching staff, analysing his game, analysing opposition. He's a student of the game and... He's 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 going to go down like a David Seaman for the Arsenal when he retires. He's going to be that good. Yeah, it would seem that way. He's he's, he's progressing super well, and he's still he's still probably got a decade of, of football left in him. Still a very young keeper, and uh, he's in the form of his career. And for, for my sake, for my sake, and the, and the Gunner's sake, uh, onwards and upwards uh, for Aaron Ramsdale and the rest of them. All right, let's. We've got a minute to hash out this uh, Manchester City. And Liverpool game, Pommy. Do you want to hang around uh, after this break, and maybe we can maybe we can get your in-depth analysis of Man City and uh, and Liverpool? But but just on that game, what did, what did you make of it? Just on the periphery before we get into the nitty gritty of it. Oh, it was a great result for Liverpool, and it really opens the title race up already, doesn't it? Really, it's uh, the questions are going to be asked. Haaland comes up against a world-class centre back. He was zeroed, and. Uh, City didn't look like their usual potent self, did they? No, not at all. And yeah, Harlem was definitely quiet. And it was, yeah, I mean, they sort of, City sort of turned the screws in the back end of the first half. And you thought, oh God, if City get one here, it could open the floodgates. But Liverpool holding on. And uh, your Scotsman, uh, Robertson there at left back, back in the squad for uh, for Liverpool, doing a job as well. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a big result. And like you said, it's it's thrown open. It's thrown open the title race, Pommy, but uh, 
you're going to stick around and let's get into the nitty gritty of, of that game after the break, mate. You happy to stick around? Yeah, let's do Good it. man. All right. We'll take a break here on the overnight crowd. And uh, after midnight, after midnight, we'll take more of your calls. 1-300-736-736 is the number to dial. Once we've hashed through all this Premier League stuff, the lines will be open for you to call up. 1-300-736-736, the number to dial. 0433-98-1116. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to the overnight crowd here on SEN, your home of sport. Crystal clear through the SEN app, of course, and through your digital radio dials. Paul Sebastiani here in the studio with you, bringing you up to 3 a.m. across the eastern coast of Australia on this fine Tuesday morning. We've been hashing out all the Premier League results, all the big Premier League results over the weekend with Mr. Dan Williams at Pommy in Oz, uh, his social handles. Check out his Twitter Facebook, Instagram, as well as YouTube. That's where you can find all his great work on not only the round ball, Premier League and, and the like, but AFL trade period, AFL draft period. He's gone through over 100 draft player profiles if you're that way inclined. And uh, I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody in media circles or anyone has done anything like this from a video perspective as well. But if you're that way inclined, have a look at his work at Pommy. In Oz is the way to go. But we're hashing out all the Premier League stuff. And, uh, well, Pommy, just before we got to this break, we're talking about this uh, this epic contest between Manchester City and uh, and Liverpool and how it's thrown the, the title race wide open. But do you think... Look, we know Liverpool at its best is an incredible football team. But is there is there a little bit of cause for concern for Manchester City? I don't think so, because I think when I watched this game in real time, I think the one thing that stood out to me is City were really wasteful, okay. um, where we're used to them taking their chances. This this week, for some reason, they didn't look quite at the races. Liverpool did a great job of just hurrying City up a little bit, which I think Liverpool are one of the few sides that have the ability to do that. And it was a weird one for me. I, I, I felt like Pep had the model to beat Liverpool, you've got to rush them early and they've kind of gone retentive. They allowed them way too much time on the ball in the in the opening exchanges and they just built in confidence. So that score stayed nil-nil. You know it's the dangerous most dangerous score line when you're a good side nil-nil. It gives the opposition hope and and Salah doing Salah things, didn't he? He took his goal very well. Yeah, it was interesting. I think moments before he took that goal, he had a very, very similar chance, which Edison got the tiniest of fingertips too to to dash the ball just wide of the post. But you can't give a guy like Mo Salah two opportunities like that because he's gonna he's eventually gonna hurt you. And he did. And well Liverpool now, I think it's it could be a case of if they can start to get some players back from injury, they could make up ground on the top four. But, you know, they're probably sort of four or five games away from the teams at the top of the league at the moment, including Arsenal and Manchester City, who they obviously lost to. But uh yeah, it's. I think, as you said, I think you summed it up perfectly. Title race is wide open, and there's no reason to say Arsenal isn't the team to beat because I think at its best, I think from what we've seen this season, I think Arsenal is not just capable of of matching it with Manchester City, but I, I, I think I think beating them and, and beating them easily, to be honest. I think you'd be a fool to think that Arsenal can't win this title. I, I, I think people are in denial if they think Arsenal aren't good enough. 
Um, you look at Arsenal's run now for the next couple of weeks, it's pretty easy. Southampton away, Forest, Chelsea's probably their first tough ch- challenge. But you look at the build-up now, they've got some really tasty games. and They don't play City until we get this rearranged fixture. But then they've got City in the last couple of stages of the season, the last four weeks. So, dependent on when that rearranged fixture is, Arsenal really could keep this lead up until that City game. So, very interesting times. Very interesting times for Arsenal. It is indeed. All right, let's go to the other side of North London, Tottenham Hotspur. I mean, it is just your typical... It's just your typical Italian style of play that Tottenham are dishing up week in, week out. Sit back, sit back. Destroy teams on the counter-attack. And as ugly as it may seem, uh, it, it seems to be a, an effective way of winning for Tottenham. Level on points with Manchester City. Genuine title threat or not? Can't count Conte side out. They play, you probably wouldn't pay to see it. No. Their game style. <laughs> but, but but Everton didn't get close to, to Tottenham's goal. And... Tell you what, they've they, they've got the players, haven't they? I mean, you've got Harry Kane, who you could argue is the best number nine in world football. Um, I mean, Richarlison and Son really complement Kane's just movement. It, it, it's it's real Conte side, isn't it? As well, it's it's beautiful with Kane playing that central ten role. It, it's 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 tough to beat. Let's be honest, and they're so well disciplined, so regimented. Um, are they a title threat? I think they lack a bit of quality to beat the top sides, but they're definitely going to be one of them sides that if you're in the title race, you don't want to play them. Yeah, I think that's a perfect way of looking at, at what they've dished up thus far this season. Uh, just to finish it up, Pommy, uh, Graham Potter, I know you're a big, big fan of him and what he's doing. Uh, pretty much 100% strike rate in the Premier League with Chelsea at the minute. He's turned Mason Mount into... Uh, uh, he's just turned his, his form around, scored two... Two good goals in the win against Aston Villa, and uh, well, they look like they've uh, they've turned uh, they've turned their form around since uh, since the sacking of Tuchel. They are, and what I'm loving about him is he's really mixing it up. He played the three-four-two-one uh, this week, um, and really took the game. I thought to Gerrard's to Gerard ball, as we know, we know that Villa like to play the numbers game. There was a lot of shots. Um, they go at it, but the way he sat in, I thought um, Kovacic and Loftus-Cheek, they really did really alleviate that defence, really transitioned well for them. And Mason Mount, I tell you, you know, he's he, he's gotten the best out of him. That was a very impressive game from Mason. Yeah, and it's perfect for him going into the World Cup. As well, Chelsea uh, obviously Mason Mount looking to to mount his case for pardon the pun mount his case for for a spot in the uh, in the English team. Uh, just before we let you go, World Cup is is around the corner. From an English perspective, we know and we know the curse on its squad. They have so much talent in that team. But uh, have you have you seen any players that could potentially? I mean, the, the two that I'm really looking at at the moment are if Mason Mount can hold form. But the other bloke I really want to mention uh, is is Ben White from Arsenal playing at right back. We know he can also play centre back, and that's probably his preferred role. But Arteta has found a spot for him in right back at right back, and sh- surely he's just the logical replacement for Harry Maguire. You'd hope so. <laughs> um, I mean, 
I, I, I mean, if I was Gareth Southgate, I'd be asking if you've got any English uh, heritage <laughs> to get you in the uh, side of if, if, if the choice of him. I mean, the, the guy that continually gets ignored by, by England, and I know you'll love this as, a, as an, a proud Italian, a proud AC Milan fan, is Tamori. Okay, yeah. So, I think he's one of the best centre-backs in world football. Like, he is quick. He's athletic. Like, I, I don't know how he doesn't start. Gareth Southgate likes to play them three centre-backs. He does that at AC Milan. It's very Italian. I, I'm not too sure how he doesn't get it. The other guy I'm impressed with as well in Europe at the moment, I like a bit of Bundesliga as well, is Jude Bellingham. Oh, yes. Um, oh, yes. I, I'd love to see Jude Bellingham. I'd love to see Jude, Jude Bellingham unleashed with with Saka, um, rele- just releasing them through balls through. I think he'd be fantastic. But I agree with you. Ben White, for me, he's, he's, he's holding that place, but he, he likes to play a right-back at centre-back, doesn't he? So, I mean, it might be the perfect answer for him because Ben White's a centre-back that happens to play right-back. It could be a happy accident, but <laughs> it's going to be a weird one. Gareth Southgate, I mean, Tamori's been the best centre-back in England for the last year and a bit. And he still prefers Maguire. Obviously, he doesn't watch United games. <laughs> I think that's a good, that's a good, that's a good way, a good segue to to wrap it all up. I reckon, but uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens in this upcoming World Cup. But uh, Pommy, pleasure doing it with you again. Uh, looking forward to to getting stuck into the nitty gritty of the of the Premier League season uh, this weekend. Uh, who do you, uh, your United boys have got? Tottenham. This weekend, that's going to be uh, that's going to be an interesting game at Old Trafford. But is it at Old Trafford or is it at Tottenham Tottenham Stadium? That's a, that's an interesting question. Actually, we've got a text just before we let you go. This is the one I want to get onto. Tim from Mount Wavy. Let's not forget about Declan Rice's goal. Would make David Beckham proud. That's a fair point. Declan Rice thoughts, queries, concerns. May I, I? I am a huge fan of Declan Rice. Um, what a leader as well for West Ham. Rumours that he doesn't want to sign the contract, though, with West Ham, which makes me think, yes. have they kept him too long? But yes, spot on. Took the goal like a peach. I am loving Paqueta freeing up Declan Rice. Hopefully Gareth Southgate sees you can play a CDM with someone who's attacking and you're still good defensively, but also it allows Rice to do what he does. But that was an incre- impressively taken goal. And... You cannot love what West Ham are building. I've got to say, I've got a little soft spot for West Ham for some reason. I think it might be Paul Ince when I was growing up, but there's something beautiful about him. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, they're, they're working their way back up the Premier League table at the moment to 12th spot after after a pretty slow start, but uh, starting to hit their straps. Now, Pommy, your United boys, you, yeah, you've got Tottenham at Old Trafford and then Chelsea on the road on Sunday morning. So two big fixtures for your boys. Uh Looking forward to, to getting into the review of all that and the preview of all that. But uh, all your social handles, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Pommy and Oz. That's where you can find Mr. Dan Williams, mate. Pleasure doing it with you tonight again. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.